because uh, one of the things that needs to happen is we need bodies on the ground and need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, um, and look, you don't even have to do that in a formal capacity. I was out this morning just going having a look at some of, I was hoping that the water had dropped a lot more than it had and obviously it's only, only just dropped a little bit and it's peaked far higher than we had imagined and the, the uh, hydrologists had, the experts uh, had imagined, but just find a neighbour that needs some help and uh, just help them. You don't have to formalise it, you don't have to wear your Jesus shirt or anything um, to prove that you're a Christian. Just get out there and, and, and get alongside somebody because there's some people that are really hurting and, uh, and struggling. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, yeah, if you are out and about or you know someone that's struggling and you don't have a chance to get on board with the official um, clean-up, maybe you can just go and offer to help somebody or take a meal to somebody who's really struggling because a lot of people are still without power and... Um, Dunamis Church has gone under all through their basement. They decked it out. It's a whole youth centre area under there. They had a stage with sound system and everything, and that's gone under. Um, Salvation Army Centre up at Slacks Creek, if you know, that used to be Liberty years ago. Underneath, it was always a floodplain anyway, and um, I've been there lots of times when it's been raining, but I've never seen it go up and under and in, and it's um, going up the stairs underneath. Um, at Meekin Park there yesterday and so there's, there's churches that need help but there's, there's families that need help all along that Nujaloo Road um, along there. Uh, Sherry and I were out yesterday morning uh, and we were down Centenary Street there off Nujaloo Road and uh, there was a, a property there with sheep and cows all stranded just on a little uh, mound of grass and so people jumped in their bobcat because the owner of the the prop the last property with the fence wasn't there so they just went in with the bobcat and pushed the fence over and tried to get the cows out and they've been wrestling with cows and sheep all day because they're not real smart animals <laughs> I mean the the ones in the water not the ones pushing the fence over um, but as we we're standing there and this was like before oh it would have been before eight o'clock I think Sherry around eight o'clock there's this guy there in a pair of long black jeans he looked like John the Baptist yeah, long black jeans, or who I imagine John the Baptist would look like. Long black jeans, hair down to his back, a mow and beard, and he's got a can of VB at, at 8 o'clock in the morning for breakfast. I mean, I have a shake. He had a VB. And, and we went over and said, oh, how you going, mate? He goes, oh, yeah, all right. I woke up last night or early this morning. and well, He lives in a caravan. His hand was in water down at the end of the road. And he had lost everything. But he said, I saved two ACDC shirts. I saved my two ACDC shirts and he goes and I saved my VB and uh, my ute's up the road there so I'll be right. Apparently he's got some cash buried down the back. I said, don't tell people, man. Now I've just told everybody, you'll be down centre. Oh, can I help you? I have my shovel here and my metal detector. But, uh, you know, uh, there are people... I mean, he's just kept such a positive attitude of faith through the whole thing. I went back in the afternoon and... uh, He's still walking around in his jeans, no ACDC shirt, just bare skin with a can of VB. So he must have had a slab. And uh, he's just happy as. But some people aren't quite as happy. So if you can find somebody that, that might need help, might need, need some food, uh, that'd be good. And um, 
I may not stick around too long afterwards. I've got to go off and do some things this afternoon. But just be praying as well for all the people that are in emergency management. They've got to make decisions, and, and it's, a, it's a tough time for everybody. Let's pray, eh? Oh, God, you're a ripper. You're unreal. Sometimes situations aren't, but you're always good. So I pray that you would take this message today and uh, encourage our hearts, um, help Steve disappear, and that you would appear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ah, life's good. 20 years Sherry and I have been in Logan. Yesterday was the anniversary. 20 years. I remember driving to Watland Street when I started working with Pastor Jim Williams and uh, I wasn't sure on April 1st until lunchtime whether I really had a job because it was April Fool's Day. He said, go down the office and wait for me there. And uh, I waited and (laughs) there wasn't much happening. But uh, here I am 20 years later and who'd have thought the journey of life would have brought me to where I am. And I think, you know, if you could just turn back time... I can break into song there, but I won't. <laughs> not wearing the right outfit. Uh, <laughs> thank God, some of you are saying, and if you've never seen that song, don't look. But <laughs> uh, if you could turn back time and maybe, you know, or go back and, and see where you're going to be in 20 years' time, you'd make a few different decisions. But I've come to learn through life that sometimes you've just got to laugh. Three John... Oh, I think it's verse 2 or some, somewhere thereabouts. I was trying to look it up over there before because I don't have it in my notes. It says, I pray above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And uh, when we talk about our soul, we talk about our mind, our will and our emotions. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, we get so concentrated on our spiritual life, which is really important because we are a spirit, we have a soul and we are trapped in this body. Uh, but... Uh, so sometimes we work on our devotional life and we concentrate on that and sometimes we try and get fit and we work on our fitness life but we don't ever think about that soul realm of our world which can have effect on both and you know if I was to ask you how are you led you would say oh I am led by the spirit of God you know that's you know that's the right answer to make but truth be known a lot of us are more led by our emotional realm our soul realm Uh, you know and and in fact I'm I'm a, I'm a spirit. I was, I was created. And so within this incredible hunk of man, uh, <laughs> just ask me, <laughs> um, there's this, this battle going on because like some days I have a sore knee and that seems to affect everything that I do. Then other days I'm just cranky or angry and that affects everything I do and I'm supposed to be led by the spirit. But... I think for me, if I'm totally honest, the thing that leads me most is not my spirit and it's not my body, it's my emotional realm, my soul realm, my mind, my will and my emotions. And so to keep health in that realm, I think we've got to live life by, by a, a, an adage that you've just got to laugh. It's actually a spiritual thing. If we can go to the next slide, thanks. Well, maybe we can't. Psalm 2 verse 4 says, he who sits in heaven, in the heavens, laughs. Now, some of you think he's sitting up there laughing at you at times. You know, you ever wondered that? I'm sure God's just laughing at us. But we need to understand that laughter is a powerful force. The Amplified Bible says, sorry, 
something else. <laughs> He's just got to laugh. All right, the Amplified Bible says, A cheerful mind works healing. Because the Amplified Bible's louder. Okay, a cheerful mind works healing. So you have to ask yourself, what have you been thinking about lately? What have you been allowing your mind to dwell on? Because that affects everything. I was off my oats this morning. I was a little bit messed up. And I didn't realise until Sherry pointed out to me. She goes, what's wrong? I had a dream last night that the flood went up another two metres. And then when I woke up this morning, all I could hear was crows. And I'm thinking, in my head, has my dream come true and nobody can get around anywhere? That's what I was thinking. And so... As much as I wanted to be concentrated on coming today and doing the things that we do before we come to church, my mind was taken with other things. And so we need to understand that it's important what our mind dwells on and it's important what our emotions are doing because, yes, we are emotional beings, but we can actually have some sort of control over that area of our life and bring it into line with what Christ wants for us. So, happiness, laughter and joyfulness, I believe, are a choice. Happy people are magnetic people. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. So, we need to be people who are merry. Uh, I was really thrilled I came in this morning and a couple of people... um, said to me words like, oh, we hear you speaking this morning, that should be good for a laugh. (laughs) And some people would take that as, oh, you know, that's I think that's the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Because I want people to leave church feeling better, not feeling beaten up. You know, and, and I think that we need to understand there is power in having joy from within. It's been a tough week, folks. Yesterday, we celebrated 20 years in Logan. We didn't celebrate. We were out looking at flood stuff in the morning. Then I went to a funeral and we said our short farewell to a Christian brother who was from our church who passed away. And so I was standing at a funeral yesterday and then came back yesterday afternoon and went and did more flood stuff. It was tough, but I still have joy in my heart. You can still go through tough stuff, but still have joy. And you need to make a decision to live this way. And I guess, I've, I guess I learnt this a little from the journey of my mum's life when my dad passed away, that in the midst of her pain and suffering, she still had joy within. Yes, she fought against those emotions, and in her story she tells, there were even times where she thought she wanted to end it all, but she knew she had children there, and she knew that that wasn't what God wanted, but in the midst of it all, there was still a joy that went above the circumstance. And so we need to be um, people who carry a merry heart. If we could go to the next slide, thanks. Um, Christian people should be happy, joyous, and church should be a celebration. Joy is a spiritual force and laughter produces joy. Medical science has found that laughter boosts the body's immune system and reduces hormones that cause stress. Medical researchers have found that a good belly laugh every day is one of the medicines people can take, and some have more belly to laugh with than others. 
Here's <laughs> your comeback. People go, oh, you need to lose weight. Oh, no, I love to laugh. Okay. Um, studies have shown that laughter activates our T cells, which help organize the immune system's response. Laughter produces more of the antibodies which help fight off respiratory tract infections. Laughter produces more B cells which cluster around the lymph nodes and fight off harmful microorganisms. Morton Hospital in Florida has taken this one step further. They have a clowning school on site at their hospital. And what they do is they get people in and they train them to be clowns and then they release them out amongst the patients and they have seen a marked turnaround in the recovery time of patients when they learn to laugh. There's even hospitals that have special TV set up where they watch things like the Three Stooges and comedy shows so people can laugh their way to health. Frequent laughter relaxes muscles, helps control pain, reduces blood pressure and helps manage stress while at the same time producing joy in your life. Now just as there are many studies to prove how laughter and joy boosts our immune system, There are equally as many studies which point out that fear, stress, worry and anxiety actually weaken our immune system. We have these amazing bodies that God created and in them we have these cells called NK cells which are natural killer cells and it's their job to search out and fight and destroy bacteria and viruses in our body. Now one of their other main functions is to search out tumour cells that commonly lead to cancer. Scientists tell us that every single person develops at least one or more cancer cells in their body every week. Now, our immune system automatically kicks in and fights them off. But studies show that people who are filled with negativity, fear and anxiety, those things actually weaken natural killer cells. But conversely, studies have shown that people who are full of laughter and joy and keep a positive attitude of faith... Uh, and a positive state of mind develop more of these natural killer cells and in fact laughter causes these to be more active and productive so you just got to laugh folks so today we need to be people who choose to laugh and be people of joy so what do we got next up here we'll try and follow this so that I'm not reading Ephesians 4 verse 7 says give no place to the devil So again, we need to be a bit decisive about how we live our life. And instead of being people who are like the Eeyore Christians, and uh, this is the best way I can explain it, having grown up with kids, you know, if anyone's seen Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh, and there's this, I was going to say an ass, a donkey, long face. And it doesn't matter what happens, Eeyore could have won the lotto. But he'd go, oh no, all that money that's been through people's hands and picked up their germs is coming to me. (laughs) Oh no. You know. (laughs) But sadly, there are many Eeyore Christians. (laughs) They find the negative in the positive. Even Resurrection Sunday is a sad day for them. Seriously. But we need to make a decision to be people of joy. We need to make a decision that we don't give place to the devil with negativity in our life and we choose to find the positive. I was down another street, Narimba Street, a bit further on Nujaloo Road, and I'm down the bottom there and the water's coming up bit by bit all the time. And there's this family there and they've got um, containers full of furniture that are floating and tipped on their side. The next neighbour's up, 
the water is just coming up onto their back concrete landing and will come in before it gets in the lower house that's actually raised up on stumps a bit. You know what they're doing? They're having a flood party out the back. People are coming over. Come out and have a beer, Steve. Oh, no, thanks. But they take me around the back. The water's in their shed and I'm going, are you guys okay? Oh, yeah, it's only water. And they're... They're making jokes about their dogs and how their dogs are playing and, you know, like, they're not, they're not allowing negativity to take over. It, they've made a decision. The guy next door, totally different. He's sitting there in his pyjamas just staring out at the water, <laughs> watching his crates rise and tip, but doing nothing. And I fear for the people that get into that negative spiral that they've given place without even knowing to the devil to rack their mind so we need to give no place to the devil so we need to learn to laugh at three things we need to learn to laugh at ourselves Romans 12 verse 3 says for by the grace given me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you Folks, I'm some of my best material. I, I, I've had to learn to laugh at myself. I've been incredibly insecure for most of my life. And there are days where sometimes I allow my mind to go to that insecure place again, but then I've got to snap out of that and not give place to the devil and just learn to laugh at myself. I've told this story here before, but I did the Easter service, the first time I ever did the Easter service, working with Pastor Jim. And Easter were big at our church, and he'd gone to do a camp with somebody, and I'd done the whole service, and it was a crackerjack service. And I'd been, oh, you know, down here, and we'd had people come out the front, Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection power of God moving in your life. And we had people throw cigarettes up onto the stage. They never smoked again, and it was awesome. And I'd been walking up and down the stairs like this and and get to the end of the service, getting ready to go home and eat chocolate. (laughs) And I go up to a guy and I'm standing talking to him like this and he goes, ah, Steve, when did you last go to the toilet? (laughs) And I said, why? (laughs) I said, "Uh, before the service, he goes, your fly's down. It had been down the whole service. Awesome! Now, usually when I tell this story, I want to check, but I'm fighting that urge now because everybody else has just checked for me. But then, some people are going and getting their kind of, I'm going to have to leave the church. I'm leading the service the next Sunday. And I told a whole lot of the youth, because I was a youth pastor at the time as well. And so uh, I'm standing there, I'm leading the service on the guitar. And uh, a couple of them catch my eye and they go. (laughs) And so I'm playing the guitar. (laughs) It was unreal. Became the running gag forever. I still run into people who are in the youth, youth group and they remind me about that. <laughs> you just got to laugh. 
you know, life is, life is, I used to get so bound up in and give place to the devil. In year nine, we had to walk through this area where all the girls sat. And, you know, in year nine, it's pretty important to be cool. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, when I walk through there, all the girls are looking at me. So I'm kind of half arrogant, half insecure at the same time. But I'm walking through, but because I got so messed up in my head, I'm trying to walk through cool, you know, like. <laughs> but I'm all look like this. And I wondered why no girls ever liked me. <laughs> but you just got to learn to laugh at yourself. You know, life, some of the things, and I remember playing drums at a Youth Alive conference once, and I'm not name dropping, I'm just saying this for the sake of it. Um, Darlene Check was there and she needed a band and there was nobody else, so I was in it. So I'm sitting at the back and she said, when I turn around... I want you to go from I said, I can do that. So in practice, I'd do the normal beat and then she'd turn around and I'd go change the beat. So that was fine in practice. But then in the service, when she gets up to do the song for everybody, she starts off and she goes, come on people, let's worship God together. You know, and she's up there and she's doing a thing and turning around about every two seconds. And some go, do And she does this, no. <laughs> and so I get off the stage and I go down to the chair after it was all finished and I sit down in the chair beside my mate and go, that was so embarrassing. And he goes, what was? He didn't even notice. We walk around thinking everybody's noticing. You know? everybody's looking at me. No, they're not. And most of them don't even remember. So you've just got to learn to laugh at yourself. The next thing, we need to learn to laugh in our trials. Romans 5, verse 3 to 5 says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So we need to learn to laugh in the midst of our trials. That's why I was so inspired by some of these people yesterday as I'm out and about and I'm seeing them, you know, this guy who'd lost everything in the caravan. He goes, I'll be right, mate. I said, where are you going to sleep tonight? He goes, I'm a ute. I went over. He just, he inspired me. You know, um, we need to learn to laugh in the midst of our trials because if you don't, it means the trial has the power over you. Now, I know you you might be sitting there saying, well, you're not going through what I'm going through. Correct, I'm not. But I'm here as a company of faith today to encourage you, to put courage into you, that God is bigger than the trial you face. My God is bigger than any trial I face, and so I've got to learn to laugh in the midst of the trial. Yesterday, we had a phone link up uh, with the local disaster management team, and, you know, if you've ever called into those phone things, they're horrid. Because you go in and, and before the, the thing's even set up, there's music playing and there was these trumpets playing with this real seedy music. And so when the, uh, the person that was running the meeting, the mayor, actually typed in, the music stopped. 
And I said, you've been listening to Horns of the 70s. I'm Steve Swenson, your DJ. You know. <laughs> because, you know, in the midst of this flood that's ravaging the city, you just got to laugh. Not, not laugh at the people, but just keep... Because what, what good are we if we all just get into a little huddle and cry? We're just making more water. Laugh in the midst of your trials. Let's go to the next one. We need to laugh at our enemy. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think if we can stand in the face of the enemy that comes against us and say, Ha! (laughs) You know, sometimes we don't resist the devil. We cower to the devil. When the enemy comes against us, we should stand and go, Ha! 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 Because, look, if you knew who was standing with you, if you could see God standing with you, you would. I got in some fights at school and was always able to get out of them. Because you either cry first, or you've got someone stronger standing behind you. And the fact is, you have God who spoke the world into being on your side. He is standing behind you and beside you, and you can laugh in the face of the devil. So, let's be quick. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, if you want to be happy, how do I get more joy? How do I be more happy? Stop chasing it. Happiness is not a destination. It's a fruit on the journey. (laughs) It's part of the journey. Anyone who gets to the destination say, oh, I've reached happiness. Ask the Lord to take you then. Because in this world you'll have trouble. But happiness is not a journey. The psalmist says in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord. Don't seek happiness, seek the Lord. And then in the midst of the journey you will have happiness. The next thing, surround yourself with people who know how to laugh. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You need to hang around people who know how to have a good time and laugh, but not at other people's expense. Sarcasm and laughing at other people's expense is the lowest form of wit. So all of you who laughed at me about having my fly down, you're mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, don't, don't fall into that trap of making fun at other people's expense, but hang around with people who know how to have a good time and laugh. The next one very quickly. Speak things... Speak of things that are a blessing in your life. Psalm 30... Oh, you, you know, I must have been in the spirit. Psalm 34, verse 1 and 2 says, I will bless, praise, thank the Lord at all times. His praise will continually or always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the humble or afflicted hear and be glad. You can change your condition by changing your confession. You, you can change the condition of your soul by changing the confession of your lips. When you wake up tomorrow and have to go to work, uh, don't do that. Get up and go, praise the Lord, it's a great day, it's Monday, a brand new canvas to paint a masterpiece on. I can ima- but again, we are conditionally led. I can imagine students who had to go to school Thursday when they found the news that they did not have to go. Suddenly, the countenance of their face lifted and the parents went, Two more days I have to deal with. I'm bored. 
Lord. But even in that, don't go there in your head. Change your confession. Spend more time in God's presence. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. Now, I think it's more just being aware of God's presence because we know that God is everywhere. You know, I know there are some who have a prayer closet and that's a good thing, somewhere where you go to pray and you can go to that special place, but spend more time in God's presence. The next thing, do something for somebody in need. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Yesterday I was down at the bottom of Queen's Road just before dark or just on dark and I was doing a quick video, um, a quick weather report and uh, there was this guy there who spoke very little English. He's an Afghani uh, refugee who's moved to town and he was at the bottom of Queen's Road in Slacks Creek and he'd worked for a tiler all day and he dropped him off there because he needed to get to Meadowbrook. He's standing at the water at the bottom of Queen's Road which would have been up to at least his neck and getting ready to walk through to get home. I was tired and wanted to get home. But I said to him, hey mate, where do you need to be? He goes, in his broken language, the garage on Logan Lee Road at Meadowbrook. I said, I'll take you. So I put him in the car and we drove all the way down Kingston Road to find out that that was cut off. And then we went all the way back up to Park Road, went through Chatswood Hills, went down the M1, went off the motorway, went all the way along to Meadowbrook, went off and dropped him off. I felt inspired by the end. I'd heard the story of his journey from Afghanistan. He's left all his family. They have had to move to Pakistan. Um, he says to me, you Christian? I said, yes, I am. He goes, you just like the people I met in Western Australia. I thought, well, how cool is that? But do something good for somebody in need and it changes your outlook on life. The next one, get full of the Holy Spirit. Acts 13 verse 52 says, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. So the Bible talks to us about be being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-off thing. And so, you know, why don't you wake up every morning and say, God, fill me afresh with your Spirit today. And then the last thing is, know that your sins are forgiven. When you know that you have been forgiven of your sin, that condemnation goes from your life. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. You might be here today and your life is clouded by some things that you've done in the past. Square that away with God this morning. I'll finish with this final story. I was driving my parents' car I just got my license, four days after I got my license. They went to a conference, a Yongi Cho conference over at Chandler. <laughs> and um, I was staying with a friend and I had a terrible cold and my friend, being a good friend, gave me three flu tablets before I left for work. He did not tell me they were drowsy tablets. So I backed out of the driveway and that's the last thing I remember until I hit a guardrail at the end of it and pushed the passenger side wheel up into the seat on this side. And all I could think was, oh my goodness, my mum's car, and I'm not hurt. And I got out and I'm thinking, oh, how can I pull this car over me a little bit so at least I get hurt? You know, you're just not thinking straight. Because <laughs> then mum will at least be gracious to me. 
So they, and long story longer, um, they find out. <laughs> I go over there and I come up and concoct this story that I swerved to miss an animal. <laughs> they would have believed it more if I said I swerved to hit a cat, but anyway. Uh, I swerved to miss an animal. They come home that night. I'm lying in bed going, I, I can't sleep because I've sinned. I've lied and I've told my parents a lie. And so I had to walk down. They had this long house. I had to walk down to their room. They're lying in bed trying to go to sleep. And I said, Mum and Dad, I need to tell you that I have sinned. I didn't say it like that. I said, I've lied. I don't really know what happened. And I told them the story and they said, thank you. That's okay. We're just glad you're okay. It's the same with a lot of us with God. We can't find true happiness in our life because we're walking around with all this baggage. The truth is, I think my parents knew probably. But one thing I do know about my sin, God knows. But he says in his word, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Those things that you have done, he is happy to throw in the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. So instead of walking around under this condemnation of sin, we can just say to God, God, I confess I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me today. I want to reaffirm my faith in you and I want you to be the boss of my life and come home to him today. That would be the smartest thing that you can do. So I'm going to ask you before we finish, everyone just close your eyes, bow your heads. You might be here this morning and look, I'd love to supernaturally lay hands on you and fill you with joy, but you can be filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. But the fact is some of us just need to make a decision today to be more joyful and to look at the positive. But for those of you who are here today and you know you're distant from God and the condemnation of sin just keeps following your life and you say, God, I want to, you don't, I'm not asking you to come and confess anything to me today. You confess it to God. But you want to square things away with God this morning and either commit your life to him for the first time or rededicate your life to him today. And he's standing there with his arms wide open, ready to receive you. If you'd like to be included in a prayer, I'm going to pray right now. And you say, yeah, Steve, that's me. I need to get my life right with God. Would you just slip your hand up? I'll see it. You can put it back down. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else today? You say, yeah, thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Anyone else today? All right. Let's all pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. Oh, come on, pray it loud and proud, folks. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me and gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. I confess I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all that stuff. Now I willingly submit to you and I ask you to be my boss my Lord, and I receive you now as my Saviour. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I might live every day for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. That's great. And just, just to finish, just to finish, because you've got to laugh, right? Remember the good old days when oh, some of you, if you haven't been in church for a long time, you won't remember these songs, but I hark back to them when I think of some of the funny things we used to do in church. Church is really cool now compared to what it used to be, uh, but it was cool back then, we thought. That's why in the 70s a lot of drug takers came. But uh, 
We used to sing this song called God's Got an Army Marching Through the Land. Deliverance is their song with healing. And the drums would start. And everybody on cue just leaped to their feet. And the song leader would start and then they'd all get out of their row and just march around the church like this. And if they were really funky on that day, they'd get outside and go around the building. Musicians would be inside on their own and the neighbours would go, what are those kooks doing? It was unbelievable. Then there was this other song we used to sing. It was, joy is a flag flown high from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart. Joy is a flag flown high from the castle of my heart, for the king is in residence there. And then the next part, you knew everyone's taking a deep breath. 